Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church with your host. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. So good to be in the booth with you today. You listening in. Always be reminded you can write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. Love to hear from you. Also, you can give us a five-star review and only five stars, like always. And also today, I have Thomas back in the house with me. We had two weeks together and it's good to have you, man. Yeah, it's always good to be here with you, Jay. Okay, are you going to call it, or are we going to have a snow day tomorrow? So for those who don't know, these usually release on Wednesday afternoon, but we record them on Tuesday most often. So it's starting to snow. Are you going to predict the future? What does future Thomas say? I don't know. I think I heard from someone. I, d- I didn't even know the storm was coming. Yeah. But apparently it's like significant. So That's what they're saying. Is this snow apocalypse? That's Why do we always name our our storm systems now? I don't know, but I think Boulder could get like 12 inches. Mm. That'd be awesome. I wish it would just dump 12, 18 inches. So will you be tomorrow at home hanging out with your kids on a snow day? Well, they have early, early release, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I were if I were in charge of the school with an early release day and snow, yeah, like just shut it down. <laughs> like what's what are we doing here? <laughs> just quit. Yeah, seriously. After the two years the teachers have lived with COVID, yeah, have another free day. What could possibly be educationally important for three <laughs> hours in the morning when one of those periods is lunch? <laughs> <laughs> that can't just be shut down. Yeah, totally. Okay. I need something. I need you to tell me something funny, man. I need something fun or funny. You got anything good these days? I just like, you know, the snow coming in. Are you feeling kind of I'm blue? I'm sort of blue. Are you feeling blue? <laughs> Looking for ways to get be beyond? Yeah, beyond blue, man. Beyond blue? Tell me something funny. There's a, you should on? just listen to all my messages. <laughs> I think that's what fixed most people when they're really discouraged is yeah. just one, just one more sermon. One more sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're all one sermon away from being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. So I forget, it was August that you had COVID, right? Yeah, end of August, early September, I think. And that's when the last time you drank coffee? That was the last time I had coffee. I have since had a cup of decaf. Yeah. It was no good. (laughs) So like, what, why, why even pretend? Yeah, it's sort of. Your last meeting, they texted me and said, hey, did, what type of hot beverage does Thomas like? And I said, he doesn't anymore. <laughs> I know. COVID robbed it <laughs> just, from me. Just give him some water. Well, that's what it was. Like when you when you lose your taste yeah. and I go down and make a, a pot of coffee. Right. And everything just tastes like hot water. What's the point? And your body's exhausted. I, I thought, you know, maybe it wouldn't be good to <laughs> be pumping my COVID body full of caffeine. Yeah, totally. And you're already miserable. You're already miserable. So yeah. why not go through caffeine withdrawals? While you're miserable. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I think about it now. <laughs> and I wonder if all the pain and suffering was actually the caffeine withdrawals. <laughs> <laughs> More than the COVID. No, because I had COVID and I did not like the taste of coffee, but I kept drinking it. That's commitment. Because I was like, one day this is going to taste good again. Because <laughs> you're like, I don't want to do what Thomas did. Yeah, totally. And walk away from it. Yeah. Yeah. I love the ritual of coffee. That's my favorite part of coffee. Okay. What is the ritual of coffee for you? Well, it's like the the nice warm cup in the morning with the steam. The house is quiet. It's just a beautiful moment. 
Or I like the ritual of coffee of being around, hanging out with a friend at a coffee shop, drinking a good cup of coffee and having a good conversation. Like there's a ritual to it for yeah. me that I just love. And you, you would say it's not the same waking up early, going to the fridge and cracking open a Diet Coke. <laughs> In high school, in high school, Jay, it would have been a middle. It would have been Mountain Dew, man. <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah. the morning. No, I think the ritual of just making it, yeah. sipping it. It's slowly. a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I think the ritual, and you know what? I like the taste of coffee. The caffeine, I can live or die yeah. with, yeah, whatever. I, I love coffee. I love what you call the ritual of coffee. Yeah. I just do. Um, and so it's kind of crazy. That I haven't had a cup. <laughs> yes, but like you. I still wake up early. I still stay up late. Right. It, it's like my body reset. And I don't know what the, the need is at this point. Yeah. It's funny because one of our mutual friends, Perry Marshall, who's on staff at Calvary, he goes occasionally like on and off with coffee. He'll take like a month off. Yeah. Come back to it. And he's pretty long now too. I think it's been November since he's had a cup of coffee. And it's like, it's not the same to like, Hey Thomas, let's go grab a cup of coffee. I'm like now, I'm like, well, I guess you'll just bring water along. I would say it is interesting drinking so much water. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's listening today. Like, get to the point, guys. Yeah, I, you can only be so hydrated. Yeah, this reminds me of the time that John and you took over the podcast, and y'all talked about your lawns for ten minutes. You know, people really appreciate it. I think that was probably one of the top podcasts. That, I'm sure it was. That was probably the podcast where this thing just went viral. <laughs> no doubt, because <laughs> I was not a part of it. That's right. Hey, happening at Calvary, speaking of what's going on at Calvary, hey, we have the Marshall Fire response. If you missed out on services this weekend, you missed out. My goodness. This was an incredible weekend where we not only learned the history of Calvary, but also what is the next season of Calvary life? Explain what our response to the Marshall Fire is now. I like the, the guilt trip there. Oh, you man. You missed out. You Hey, there's Sundays. out. You can miss it around here and not miss anything. Let's just be honest. <laughs> That's terrible. But there are Sundays that you just can't miss. And that was one of them. Oh, that's good. Yeah, man. Uh, you can find that online, <laughs> that message. So you have to come no matter what because yeah. you're going to miss out. Go to CalvaryBible.com. Click on the Erie campus or any campus really, but yeah, click on the Erie campus and uh, you can watch Sunday's message. But or, we, or Johnson out a great video about yeah, I was gonna it say, on Monday. Go to CalvaryBible.com and just go slash kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that's where this kingdom assignment, Marshall Fire Fund um is and so this was just a strategic way in which we're going to respond a bit differently to um, the crises in Louisville, Broomfield, Superior than we have in other crises before. So you can go learn out all those details. It's it's a way of empowering and resourcing the people of Calvary to go be neighborly um, wherever they work, live, and play. So coworkers that have been impacted by the fires. Uh, maybe you're in the school system and you know families who have been impacted by the fires. Maybe you lived in the area and you have just a lot of neighbors. Perhaps you are a clinician of sorts and you have clients that come in and they've been impacted by the fires. Um, if you know someone, we want to empower and resource you in a tangible way to express three things. They're not forgotten and alone. You're, you're with them. You observe what's going on. Your church cares about them and God loves them. So go to calabow.com slash kingdom. Learn all kinds of good details about how you can do that. Yeah, that's going to be 
really incredible. In fact, I've heard that what thirty six submissions are ready, and it's Tuesday. Thirty six people have yeah thirty six submissions yeah. have been sent in two days after the announcement. So we're hoping to give away a hundred thousand dollars, and it's shaping up from staff meeting. That's going to be maybe more. Yeah, we we, we said some maybe we'd start by setting aside a hundred thousand dollars for people to give away. And I love that. It's like, we're not asking for people to give to uh, this fund. We're asking people to give away money from this fund. Yeah. In a very relational way. So this is not organizational. This is not institutional. This is you knowing someone that you can go and love. Yep. A name, a person. Yeah. Great. Also happening at Calvary, you want to go to calvarybible.com slash events, but we have weekend. It's the middle school retreat a local retreat this year it's going to be really fun you want to get your middle schooler if you got a middle schooler plugged into what god's doing among our middle school ministry on every campus it's pretty incredible i just can't say enough the provision of god for our leaders in middle school ministry who are discipling these students so you want to get your student there go to calvarybible.com slash events sign up for the weekend it's happening also the women's retreat is happening early march it's a really great event. It's a way event. So if you're a woman here at Calvary, it's time to pause, set aside some things, and really get away with other women here at Calvary. Open up God's word, pray together, worship together, rest together as you find out what it means to really define joy in your life and to have abiding joy in your life. So go to calvarybible.com, sign up if you're a woman. You don't want to miss. That event will sell out. It's getting closer and closer, so sign up today. Also, we're going away this weekend. Um, most of the staff will be away this weekend. Um, and a really unique thing, Calvary's set aside some time for all of Calvary in their marriages to really work on their marriages, go down to Colorado Springs, jump into the marriage conference weekend to remember. So what are you excited about, Thomas, about going down to Sea Springs? I'm really excited. So our life group's all going down, yeah. which I think just helps facilitate, you know, longevity, like in conversations when we, even when we come back of what was helpful, what was most important. Um, honestly, you know, to be just totally honest and candid, every marriage conference I've ever been to has its own quirks, right? Yeah, totally. And so there are things that you're like, man, this is so cheesy, or maybe it's, I don't like this session or, you know, something. My encouragement to people is, just go for the whole time, yeah. you know, and if it's a cheesy experience, you know, here and there punctuated moments of things you don't like overall, you can't go wrong intentionally having a conversation with your wife about conversations about marriage right? or your husband. I mean, it's just like, you know, Chris and I were, were talking about um, just going down saying, you know, I think we have a really good marriage. I, I, there's nothing that I would see as, you know, necessarily out of sorts. Right. But I also know that there's people who have been married 60 years and they have some secrets in that marriage sauce that I have yet to learn. Mm. And I just don't know what those ingredients are. And they're going down too. And they're going. So I just want to, like, if I got a good thing going, I want to be there to make a good thing a great thing. If I got some things that are just off, or if I'm, like, ready to call it quits and ready to sign some divorce papers, I'd, I'd still go down and just look forward to, okay, God, what could you do with a humble posture? I think that's the big thing is just right. to be humble, be teachable, eager to listen, and, you know, be ready to see what God has for you. Yeah, and if, if you're not married yet or um, you can't make it this weekend based upon life circumstances, we totally get it. We're asking that you just be praying for us, praying for Calvary, praying for the, all the marriages of Calvary. It's so important that we as the Calvary 
get to pray for each other in our marriages because a strong marriage leads to a, a very strong devotional life at times. Strong devotional life leads to a very strong local church life. So it's really important. Yeah, I think Calvin does a, a, a good job just recognizing the importance of marriage and singleness mm-hmm. and taking times to invest in both. And this is an opportunity for us to invest in marriages. Yeah, man. So, well put. Well put. Good job. All right, after the series, after you've been preaching this series, after you've learned listened to a, quite a few sermons of this series, do you listen to everyone's sermon every week? Y'all grade them and bash each other, right? Yeah, that's that's how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you get together, you encourage one another. You're, you're trying to sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron, man. Um, that's why preaching here at Calvary uh, is successful, I think, is because you, you guys are humble enough to get in the room together and really learn the art. There's an art to speaking in public, and there's an art to opening up God's word in the spiritual act of preaching God's word. So after that, after the series in your devotional life, Thomas, what what biblical stories have shaped sort of your understanding of fear, anxiety, limitations, and depression? Yeah, common what surface. Th- yeah, common themes kind of between all of those messages, um, which I think have been really good. The thing I've heard the most is people who have have listened to the sermons and then participated in some sort of group conversation. Mm-hmm. It's been really fruitful. That's um, right. For those who kind of like download the sermon thinking that was going to have all the application of how to get beyond where they're currently at, I think perhaps felt a bit like it was poultry. But for those who take the conversations and move it into a, a group setting, people have really benefited from. So that's one, just, you know, when you hear messages like this about hardships, despair, depression, anxiety, fear, like you're going to want to have conversations with others around that. But uh, characters, I think... Um, the characters that probably went a bit omitted, but were you know casually mentioned, are characters like Elijah and Jeremiah, that I find a lot of similarities with, which is like this mountaintop experience. Like you have this, oh my goodness, the Lord is revealing things to me that maybe He's not. Like, could He be just so kind to reveal this just to me? Kind of moments, and then it's followed up by just valleys mm-hmm. of despair and fear and wanting to end it. I think that's where I relate to. Um, specifically the Elijah account. You know, he's on he's on Carmel and um, he has this great faith, you know, and he's in the face of a king who's threatening him. And he's in the face of other prophets that if, if you read the account, I mean they're pretty serious. They got swords and you know they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff to try to awaken um, the gods that they believe in. But Elijah stands firm. And then you see him afterwards tell people, like, go pursue the prophets, these false prophets, these wicked people, um, and put them to death. And you think, okay, that guy is just in a different category altogether. Like, I, I don't even know that kind of faith. No doubt. And so at some point, you just kind of end the story there. Maybe that's the Sunday school version of it. And you think, okay, go be like Elijah. But then, like, the second part of that is, you know, the queen is upset. And says, well, you know, the sun goes down tonight without me putting to death Elijah, you know, God forbid. And so he, she like just has everyone pursue him and he runs and he's terrified and he's laying in a ditch, essentially, (laughs) the canal. Like, Lord, I didn't sign up for this. Mm -hmm. I hate this and I want to die. And you just think, gosh, that is 
that is just unbelievable, the contrast there. Mm -hmm. And so consistently through the series, recognizing that these emotions of fear, despair, depression, um, doubts are not incompatible with faith. Mm -hmm. So I have faith and I have these experiences. That's right. The Elijah narrative to me is really helpful because it gets really practical. Like God's care for him is just so kind. Mm. So God then basically sends an angel, sends these ravens to care for him. Mm. And he first starts by just caring for his physical needs. So it's Elijah, sleep, eat, walk, sleep, eat, walk, sleep, eat, walk. Right. And it's not, you think that there would just be this, God who reprimands him, like, are you serious? What are you doing? I just revealed my power, and, and you should have greater faith, you, you, know, you fool. Right. But he doesn't. He just cares for Elijah. He, like, he, he just knows our frame. He knows how he has made us, and he just cares for Elijah. Just sleep, eat, walk. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the, the character in your question that I resonate with a lot. Yeah, that's really good, man. Highs, I lows, know. and then just the, the the kindness of God to meet us as human beings. Yeah, no doubt. In the very practical sense of those things, just human things. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we've chatted about this before, but if I were to recommend, like if someone came to me and said, I'm just in like a season of whatever, yeah. the first thing I want to know is probably how they're sleeping. And that's probably my first recommendation to someone is you need to rest. Um, you need to carve out space to rest. And if you're not sleeping at night, you should probably talk to your doctor about that. Right. Um, it's hard to get better without getting sleep. No doubt. So that's probably where I would start with someone is just ha- tell me about your, how are you sleeping? Tell me about your rest. Where are you having, where do you have pockets in your life where you're kind of unplugging and physically, physically resting? Yeah. What would, what would you encourage people? You know, that's really funny because years ago I had a young man who, was really struggling with his prayer life and hearing God. And he was very despondent. Like just, it was just a season of great trouble for him. And the first question I asked, and I I never knew that I was going to ask this question. I never thought about this question. I said, well, how are you sleeping? Because it was just, I could tell from his frame, his face, you know, just, he was ragged. And that doesn't, when you don't sleep and don't eat, there's a reason why when Jesus is finished t- getting tempted by Satan, the angels come and minister to him. They, like, feed him. Yeah. They, like, get him back to health because um, he's been through 40 days of fasting and, and had to deal with this temptation, and he's, he's, he's depleted. In fact, angels have to come help to make sure he gets back to health. So I would say that, like, um, those are really, that's a really practical thing. And one of the things is, um, I think is Wayne G- Gadero. He says, "Sleep in, but sleep in and on the other way. Go to bed earlier. Get up at the same time, but like, mm. turn off the TV. You know, if you have young kids, put the kids to bed and go to bed with them. You know what I mean? At the same time, they do, and like, just make it a priority for a season. For me, that's even in COVID. You know, when I had COVID, even this last month." I knew I wasn't getting healthy because I wasn't sleeping at night. And so um, that's one of the hard things when you're in the hospital. When you see sick people all the time, it's like you're, like, you're getting woken up several times a night. You're tired, you're exhausted, your body's trying to heal. Like Sleep is really important. It's just a natural thing. Yeah. Um, I think for me it was John the Baptist. 
just because he's such an extreme of someone who has an identity from birth of who he is and what he's about. He lives in that identity. He launches Jesus's ministry and then he finds himself in prison and he sends his disciples to say, are you the one? And there's discrepancy there, right? Is the, are the disciples of John coming? Is it John asking these questions? We don't really know that from the text, but Jesus answers him. This fell in the room. Jesus answers him in such a unique way because he doesn't answer and he doesn't go yes or no. He says, go tell John that what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the, de- the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And there's a response that, like, you're like, huh? And then you're like, oh, he's telling John, look at my actions. Who, who am I? What is my character? What are my day-to-day comings and goings reveal about me? And I think in these seasons when depression hits, anxiety, fear, you have to go back to what has God done in your life. Where has he shown up? What what miracles has he performed among you? Because that's when you remember, and we say this all the time. You and I talk about this a lot. There's like a spiritual discipline of remembering. The Old Testament talks a lot about this with the Ebenezer stone, the stone of help, the stone of remembrance. But we've got to go back and say, okay, I've met, I might not have been here before, but God has shown up in some other ways in my life. And I think that's the most important thing is like take some time, get around the people that know you well, and have them help you remember what God's done. And that's why, I mean, that's why I guess my theme for the 2022 is you've got to be plugged in to the local church. I don't care if you're good at Calvary or not, but you've got to be plugged into the local church because that local church better be really good at helping you remember all the things God has done. God has done in his word. God has done with the people. God has done in the local church. God has done in that specific community. Um, and that's why I love the message, why I say you can't miss this last week's message because it was about the kingdom assignments of 2002, 2003. And we've got to be at Calvary remembering God showed up in some amazing ways. That means that God's going to show up again with the Marshall fires. God's going to show up, show up, and when we don't see him showing up, he's going to show up. And he might answer it by saying, look what I've been doing. You know, blind receive their sight, lame walk, lepers are cleansed, deaf hear. I've raised people from the dead, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Oh, okay, I'll remember. <laughs> yeah, you know? that last line in the story of John is the one that, like, strikes me the most. Mm. Um, because, remember, you know, John is sitting in prison. Yeah. it's His death is intimate. Very much so. And I think... For me, even like I'm so I'm stuck in this like the season of blue, right? Mm-hmm. And I get to hear all these great stories of how God is moving in people's lives, but it doesn't seem like He's moving in mine. Mm-hmm. Or fundamentally, for John, like, hey, go tell John all this awesome stuff's happening, but nothing's going to change for you. 
-hmm. Like not like the, what you're experiencing in that reality, it's not going to change. And I think if I were John, I'm tempted then to be offended, mm -hmm. right, by God. I'm offended that he's doing these other things that seem to be helping other people, but he's uh -huh. not doing it for me the way I want him or hope, you know, whatever. And I think that last line is like almost like a secret message to John. Like, hey, things aren't going to change for you, but trust in me, even though you could go the route of I'm, I'm getting embittered towards you. Don't be offended by me. See these things and still believe. No doubt. No Which, doubt. It's, that's a hard, I mean, that's a hard posture. Yeah. It's the paradox of the new Testament, and especially with Jesus is like the deaf hear, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed. And John, you're stuck in prison. Yeah. And you're about to die. You, you, you can raise people, but, but you can't leap delivering me from prison. And then you read the acts and, Peter's released from prison overnight, yeah. miraculously. And you're like, wait a minute. Why don't you do this all the time? We do, you know, when we have a loved one with cancer, we're like praying for a miracle and God doesn't heal them. Like, wait, God, but you healed Jesus. Like, right. And I think that's where it's, and, and blessed is the one. Like there's a special blessing on the one who takes the, the curriculum that God has given to them for their life. That's which is a different curriculum oh man, for my life. That's an awesome line. And I love like, that. Okay, so take whatever curriculum that God has given you for your life and your formation and say, I believe and I lean into that. And I'm not offended that you have given this person over here a different curriculum. But... Dude, that's that's worth this money right there if you listen to the podcast for twenty five minutes. Yeah, you got to blow through the coffee and yeah, the, all totally. the shenanigans. But that's I love that. That's that's framing up some things in my heart already about like the curriculum of our life. God's written one for each of us. Yeah, hmm. and it's sufficient. It's f sufficient for my formation. Right. That's that's what I'm learning. I'm learning that the Lord knows me and how I need to be formed, hmm. and so He set up the curriculum for me. Oh, but. Wonderful. I think the other practical piece for people is coming out of Beyond Blue. Uh, maybe two other things. One, I was talking to a gentleman who was just asking, like, I, how do I keep good mental space? I'm working at home. You know, I'm living at home. Uh, I'm not, I don't know when I'm returning back to the office. And I, I shared some advice that was shared with me early on of stick to some habits. Mm -hmm. So, like, wake up at the same time in the morning mm -hmm. to the best of your ability. Go to bed at the same time. Don't just let the night linger on into Netflix or whatever shows you watch or books you even read, like right. shut it down, wake up, work out like sometime in the day, like sweat somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then get dressed, you know, get dressed. Like don't just put a top on and then put your jammy pants on for the zoom meeting, Right. but get dressed for the day. There's just something about, okay, I'm, I'm cleaning myself. I'm dressing myself. I'm feeding myself, eat, eat better, you know, mm -hmm. try to put in better calories. Um, and then be like be intentional to be around people, mm -hmm. especially when we're super discouraged. I think we don't want to be around people. At least I don't. Mm -hmm. I really want to isolate. But there's an importance of allowing people to come sit in my presence, or for me to intentionally just like drag myself. Maybe it's to church or to group or whatever mm -hmm. to be in other people's presence. There's something about the physical presence of another human being, especially when they're spirit-filled human beings. Mm -hmm. That's just an encouragement. No doubt, man. There's no doubt. Yeah. I think the last two years I've been way better off because I've always had the Thursday morning men's group. And I know these guys are there. They're going to pray for me. They're going to know me. 
We're going to ask tough questions, and we're going to look at God together. We're going to discover God together. That's pretty important. Yeah. Pretty important. That's really good. Those are, like, just really good practical things. You know, as you think also about what are some spiritual practices you would, you know, we're going into the James series um, next week, not this week, but next week after the marriage retreat. We're going to be James all spring. What? How do we prepare? You know, I think sometimes we just roll into what's ever preached. We just show up and drink coffee, eat a half a donut, and call it good, you know, whatever you're going to do. But how do we prepare to get the most out of the book of James? Well, I think one, one, one thing I would encourage people to do is get to their calendars and intentionally carve out space to be in the book of James. Mm. So in the book of James, when we do a market up series, um, it's slower. You're going to linger longer on certain texts. We're going to have some recommended passages that people memorize. Mm -hmm. And so that just takes more time during the week. Yeah. And so I would say, hey, if you want to get the most out of James, we should intentionally carve out space to be within the book or to linger longer, to borrow some language from Don Dishman, um, from the things that we heard on Sunday, to come back to it. Like, take good notes. Like, we we do these, we, we get the James journals. You guys are awesome in the community life for providing those for everybody. Um, so whatever, what did you circle? What did you highlight? What did you write in the journal on Sunday? You know, pull that open mm-hmm. Monday through Friday and see what was being stirred up. Yeah. So that'd be my first thing is just, hey, plan on space to be in James beyond the Sunday service. Yeah. And then two, I think, we, you know, this doesn't, this is not novel, but like read the book. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you could, just, I mean, it's a short one. You know, it's not like you're, I'm asking you to read Hebrews right. this time, but just jump into James. It's a, it's a short letter. I think it took me like less than 25 minutes to read the whole book. Yeah, probably, right? Yeah. And just sit down and just read it. And um, any questions you have, like just put a question mark next to it. If there are characters you don't know, you know, circle them. If there's imperatives, like the, the, that's the commands, like if there's something to do and you wonder how's that work, um, just mark it. So then when you know when we get there, you know, we're going to be talking about those things. Yeah. Just get in the book and start reading it, familiarize yourself with it. That's great, man. James, the book about Bible doing <laughs> more than Bible believing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's about doing. It's, I, I'm super excited. This is why we're doing it is probably unlike any other New Testament letter, James is the most practical mm-hmm. and it applies our faith with really good theology. It's rich in theology, but it's highly applicable. Mm-hmm. So how does a Christian navigate all of the weirdness of the world, uncertainties of the world, trials and persecutions, the temptations of the world. Um, how do you handle like just conversations and communicating with people? All of these sorts of scenarios are addressed in James. And so it's kind of one of those series that you kind of want to buckle up buttercup. Yeah, totally. Because I read it and just get beat up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. You know, I, I love James. And every time I think of it, like it's the New Testament version. New Testament version of the book of Proverbs. Yeah, it's, it's very much a proverbial like yeah. wisdom book. Just like, if you do this, life is just going to go a little better. Yeah. And it might be hard, and it will be hard, but life will go a little better. That's the hope. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, Calvary, we're so glad you're listening in. We're so thankful that you're investing in your time to be with us in this conversation like I said, like always, we'd love to hear from you at calvarybible.com. You can go and write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. Love to hear what's going on, what you're excited about in the book of James. Because the book of James is going to be really fun. I think it's going to 
help really in this season of the local expression of the gospel, what we call Calvary Bible Church, our season together, uh, framing up 2022 and getting us ready for the things that God wants to accomplish between February, March, April, May, and beyond here at Calvary. So jump in the book of the book of James with us. Get ready. I want to leave you with this is a passage that really struck out, stuck out to me this week. Uh, time to time I read the ESV and then I go to one of my favorite sort of Bible helps and that's the message. And I was reading Romans 12 and this is what the message says. I just think this is so good for us today. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readiness, recognize what he wants for you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And I couldn't help but think about that as we journey together here at Calvary. God's forming in us. He's bringing out exactly what he needs in us, each of us. We're praying for you. We love you. We're always here for you. And we will see you next week.